welcome to This Is Source, the podcast that invites you to explore the depths of your being and tap into your true potential. This show is all about inspiring you to discover the power within yourself to create a life of purpose, joy, and fulfillment. So sit back, relax, and let's dive deep into the essence of who you are. Hello, hello, Nate. How are you? Hi, Chris. I'm doing so good. Thank you so much for having me on this podcast. Thank you for, for being here. <laughs> yeah, Nate Zelesnik we have with us here today. And we had a great conversation recently. I got to learn a little bit about Nate's creation called the White Dove Method. He's going to go into that a little bit. And he was he founded that and co-founded some other methods. He has a background in martial arts and energy work, meditation, and has a lot to say about breath work, which I'm very interested about. And uh, also perception expansion, which I hope we can touch on that a little bit too. He teaches us a little bit about our personal energy, and I'd love to expand on that. He's a speaker and a trainer, and he helps people to achieve superhuman breakthroughs. So I can't think of a better guest to you know have a chat with because these are things that I'm very interested in. So thank you for being here, Nate. It's great to have you. My pleasure. My pleasure. <laughs> so from your perspective now, give us a little background on yourself. Perfect. Well, I am one of two master trainers of an ancient lineage of energy work, breath work, meditation, martial arts, and as you mentioned, sensory enhancement or perception expansion from a royal family of Java, Indonesia. And for over 20 years, for 24 years, I have been one of these stewards to help people really understand more of what our true abilities are as energy experiencing a human existence and to help really break down the paradigm of the programming. And I'll just call it the the BS of what we are programmed from a very young age that we're, you know, if you think about this, most people have an issue with just even being themselves or feeling like they are worthy of asking for things or having things or, or wanting things. And we're programmed for these things. And so that's a deep psychological level. But when it comes down to our senses, when it comes down to our experience on the planet, we have many more senses than just the five that we were taught in school. And the Egyptians, ancient Egyptians, they said we had 360 senses. So my passion is to help people go from hello to holy crap, I can really do that using a very specific method that works across the board, regardless of beliefs, regardless of religion, regardless of culture, because you have a body. If you have a body, you will have breakthroughs. If you don't, I can't really help you. But this is an amazing method from Indonesia that was kept secret for 500 plus years until I brought it to America back in 1999. And they allowed me and one other, my younger brother, to become trainers in this art as the first non-Indonesians ever. And they it's a very interesting story that'll make a great movie someday. But for right now, I'm really enjoying helping people of all ages really step into their higher human abilities in a way that makes sense for anyone except for the most cynical. Skeptics love skeptics. Scientifically minded people love it. Medically, awesome. 
Cynics, you just can't please, so it's not going to work for them anyway. They wouldn't even step foot in the door. But it's something where even the most logical person can step in, have amazing results, and do so in an increasing fashion of progression every single day for the rest of their life. So I love the fact that I give people a life skill too. Oh, man. Actually, what really make, made me curious about from all, all, all the list was like about senses, you know, like, mm. oh, I, I would love to learn more about those senses, how we can listen, feel the universe, each other, you know, I'm, I'm, that's, I'm very curious about that. If you can a little bit expand on the, on this one. Yes, absolutely. And, and, you know, Hagris, that's exactly why I brought this method to the United States. So this, this deserves a little bit of backstory. Okay. So in 1998, <clears throat> let's go back further. I was born to do this. I'll just say it that way. So when I was young, growing up as a young lad here in Huntsville, Utah, which is has a very strong predominant religion of which I and my family were not part of, I was severely bullied mentally, physically, and emotionally every single day from kindergarten all the way until 10th grade. And I got to go to a bigger high school. Couple that with my mother had some some psychological issues with some chemical imbalances, which have since been corrected. But, you know, she was, uh, there were some issues at home. So I never felt safe, ever. So about 12 years old, I started having spontaneous out-of-body out of body projections. So love your wallpaper, Hagris, because that's very similar to what a lot of people see when they die or when they leave their body with a consciousness. And that kept happening, kept happening. It was like my, my higher self wanted to take me away from the pain and just say, hey, hold on. Don't check out yet. Hold on. It gets better. And so I was just thrust into this. I don't, I didn't know what to call it, but a spiritual understanding or spiritual experiences, mystical experiences. And I couldn't talk to anybody about it. But then when I was 16, I bought my, the very first thing I ever bought was a book called Journeys Out of the Body by Robert Monroe, the founder of the Monroe Institute in, in Virginia. And I went, oh God, thank you. Oh, that's not just me. There are other people that do this too, like the CIA and the Army Corps of Intelligence, the Army Intelligence Officers that were trained there. I was like, oh, wow. All right. So what else is there? So fast forward, I get out of college and I'm in the work workforce and trying to pay attention to the signs that are all around us, that the universe and the energy are were manifesting or we're just creating through our choices are sending me. And having been a longtime martial artist and loving martial arts, I ordered a course at a Black Belt magazine. And it's guaranteed, I mean, it guaranteed me inner power in two weeks or I get my money back. So, of course, I ordered that because who doesn't want instant chi? And came with a manual that was, I don't know, with 10 pages, hand, like stick figure drawn things. It was so totally bogus. But what wasn't was a VHS tape that came and it showed the most amazing martial arts I'd ever seen beautiful, flowery, I mean, just a gorgeous looking types of martial arts. And it was an Indonesian documentary. And it also looked like a very brutal, like brutal, gnarly types of fighting. But I wasn't that interested in that because I didn't understand anything on the tape. It was all in the Indonesian language. But when I saw people who were breaking things and, you know, you see people break bricks and boards and use anger and they 
jump. Uh, okay. These people were all smiling and they were breaking things like leaf springs, like the suspension from a truck or iron bars, stone, and just barely touching it. And I thought that was pretty cool. I mean, who I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. I've never seen nobody does that. But when I saw people who were essentially blind or blindfolded, they weren't essentially, they were completely blind or blindfolded, and they were able to see. And when I say see, I mean, they were running through obstacle courses. They were able to read print. They were able to drive cars through Jakarta's traffic. And if any of the viewers out there have ever been to Asia or Mexico or Africa, any place that's not... They don't have lines on the roads and they don't have street lights and everybody just knows what to do. It looks like chaos. It really does. But they know what they're doing. But what about when you're blindfolded? And so I thought that it was a joke, honestly. I mean, how could people really do that? I watch Star Wars and I love ninja movies. I wanted to be a ninjedi. But come on. But something inside said, let's watch that a few more times because it's really freaking awesome. So I watched it. I watched it. I watched it. And went to bed actually thinking about it. And when we're called for a path with heart, it's important that we listen. And that calling for me came the next day. I decided to take a different route to work. And I wound up stopped right in front of the Utah schools for the deaf and blind. And there was a blind woman right in front of me about to cross the street with her dog. And I almost watched her get killed because the dog led her face first in, into the light pole. And it hit me. It was like a, a lightning bolt hit me. Oh my God, I wonder if those Indonesian people can help her. And so I'd never met a blind person. I'd had no, there's no blindness in my house, sorry, in my household or in my family. I just knew that I had to help her. And I can't explain it other than it was a divine calling. It was a spiritual imperative. So I went and uh, I went to the library. Now, why that's relevant is this is back in the dial-up days for those people who remember that sound and how long it took to surf the internet. Um, they had high speed at the, internet, the library. So I went there and it took me two weeks to find them. And I found that organization, those people that I could, I could only understand two words on that whole documentary, Marpati Puti, which I know it sounds funny, but Marpati Puti means white dove in the Indonesian language. And then I found out, you know, this is a royal inheritance of the kings of Java. It's been passed down for close to 480 years at that time. And they trained blind people how to see. And they trained the special forces to use this in their military and had for a couple decades at that time, as well as every branch of the Indonesian military uses the breath work to make sure that their soldiers are as strong as possible. They're able to think in very stressful situations. So meditation is a very big part of it. They just, I mean, it's amazing what they've been able to do on a military level over there with this. So circling back around, <clears throat> that was my introduction. As I got to see people who were blind, see, but I really was skeptical. So I had to bring them over here. I just felt I had to. And so I sold everything I could, except for like my fillings and my my kidneys. <laughs> and I brought a team of these people over here. So I got to see this in person and I got to see people whose eyes are as white as a sheet and they were able to do anything you or I can do and stuff we can't like going backwards through obstacle courses and ducking under things or using their mind to scan into my cupboards and know where everything was and just pull it right out as if they lived there and had sight and cook us all dinner. It was, it was insane. 
in, a, in the best way possible. And so I just wanted to help them get a traction, get a foothold here. And because they'd never trained a, a non-Indonesian and I knew this, but when they saw what I was going to do, the 11th generation royal family heirs allowed me to become the first non-Indonesian person to ever learn this skill of Merpati Puti, the white dove. And I started training under one of three trainers in the entire country that could actually train me. He just happened to live 35 miles away in Salt Lake City, just happened to live in 35 miles away. And I started training with him. Then my brother joined me. And then we actually brought the 11th generation royal family heirs here to Utah a year later. And we were put on a very aggressive and difficult training regimen. But since we both had a lot of martial arts experience, we went, it was a fast track. Well, when we brought them over here, they actually tested us. They promoted us. They initiated us and they inaugurated our school as the first ever outside first ever non-Indonesian or foreign branch of Merpati Puti, even though there were thousands of branches there. So that's how we got started. Okay. So fast forward a little bit further. We didn't learn the skill of the vibration sensing and seeing without your eyes until later. Our our trainer here was never trained in that. So we took several different long sabbatical training and testing adventures to Indonesia in 2005 and 2007 and 2013. And along the way, had the honor of training with the royal family. We had the honor of training with the special forces had a, and learning from these people along the way, as well as all of the master trainers in the system. So people who are not martial artists out there, they'll go, well, so what? But if you're, say, a first degree black belt in Taekwondo, and you get to train with the ninth degree black belts in Korea, and they're teaching you their very best fighting and energy skills, that's an honor that you just can't really describe <clears throat> to someone who doesn't. Uh, they're not in that world. But <clears throat> for us, we got to train with the Jedi Masters and learn their special sauce. And so we've been able to show and prove to medical and scientific professionals, as well as military professionals, that we actually see with our mind, not with our eyes. And we've been able to prove that, yes, this, we trademarked VibraVision, which now is a different division. And I teach the white dove method, which incorporates that, but also the energy healing, the tantra, and the, we'll say, couples enhancement techniques, inner power, where we can actually, with certain machinery, we can, we can measure the electricity in the body. And we can see within 15 minutes, substantial increase in the joules, not the voltage, but the joules and the energy output of the body. It's like plain as day. So these things are measurable, they're quantifiable, and I'm really looking forward to embarking very soon on a clinical trial with a team of doctors who are really interested in seeing what this breathwork does for heart rate variability, for arthrosclerosis, for our stress levels, for our VO2 max, which is our forced exhalation velocity, and how it can be applied for people who have long COVID, or which I'll tell you a story in a moment. I definitely want to make sure that you're able to answer questions or ask questions, but I'm almost finished with this part. But as we do this and we start to really put the how that this works, I'm really looking forward to revolutionizing breathwork as we know it. Breathwork's very popular, 
But most all the breath work that you'll find out there has to do with hyperventilation. This has to do with hypoventilation. This has to do with breath holding, increasing our lung capacity, which is the number one indicator of longevity is lung capacity. But lung capacity is not how much you can inhale. Inhale, it's how much you can exhale. The other breathwork methods out there don't touch it. So they don't really do it at all. And this one in spades, people's lung capacity goes through the roof and therefore helps people live a longer life. And when it comes down to it, you don't know how long you get on the planet. But if you ask somebody, you know, hey, you don't get it tomorrow, what would you give up? Or what kind of what amount of money would you accept knowing that, okay, you have all this money, but you die tonight at midnight? The majority of people say there's no amount of money you could pay me to not get to see my kids or my family or a sunrise tomorrow. That's why I do what I do. It's so people get more sunrises and more tomorrows. Wow. <laughs> that's that's an inspiring story. And you know, the first thing that comes to mind is how does this help an average everyday person? So, I mean, I understand <laughs> what you're saying and the vision sounds great. But in terms of like, because you're working with a lot of people now, right? And so people are coming to you, some of them with absolutely no background whatsoever and anything that you're talking about. But the story itself is compelling. And who doesn't want to feel better, right? Like who doesn't want to feel physically better in the body? And so like, tell us a couple of stories or just even one story about like an everyday Joe, average Joe comes in and he wants to be a little bit happier, maybe wants to have better relationships, want to, wants to feel better in his body. Like, how could this help him? Sure. So last year in November, I was flown down to Nosara, Costa Rica to train a group of people down there. And it was a bunch of musicians and artists, and they wanted to add something like breath work into their retreat. So they, they tapped me. When I went there, there was a gentleman who was, you know, he's pretty tall, but he's very frail, very weak. And I noticed he was really struggling, amazing artist, but he could only walk up three or four stairs before he had to stop and catch his breath. And so as I got to sit down and he and his wife and got to find out more about him, turns out that he is the most famous surf artist in the world. And he is one of the most famous big wave surfers of all time. And he almost died from COVID. He was on a ventilator for 70 days. He actually holds the world record for being on a ventilator, the longest in living and recovering. He was in a coma, a medically induced coma for 30 days. And when he woke up, he was paralyzed from the neck down. So here's this big, strong, strapping dude that can hold his breath for three minutes by getting after getting crushed by monstrous waves. And he's knocked back to square one where he... He couldn't walk. He couldn't move his arms. He couldn't breathe on his own. He had to learn to do it all again. So I met him about 11 months after he woke up from his coma. And I taught the group a very simple lesson. It's the first one that I ever teach people in the white death method. And he started crying. And I walked over and I said, Drew, what happened? And he said, Nate, this is the best I've been able to breathe since I got sick. So why that's really relevant is it took five minutes to have this huge improvement. And that result is typical, just so you know, because he has a body. Remember, he has a body, so it will work for him. <laughs> if he didn't make it through his coma, well, I wouldn't be talking to him. But, you know, the thing is, what was really cool about that is that 
I'd always wanted to learn how to surf. I mean, it's a bucket list. I live in Utah. I snowboard a lot, so I snow surf. But oh, every time I tried to surf, I'd just crash and wipe out. I think every ocean knows my name and laughed at me every time. But the next day, I decided I was going to take a surf lesson. And so I did. And here come down the road, the van to come pick me up. And I see these people waving inside. And I'm like, no way. And it's Drew and his wife, Maria. And so we went out on the beach and I got to learn how to surf, officially learned how to surf and caught some waves by one of the best big wave riders of all time and his wife, who's taught many people how to surf. But it's not about me. What's really cool is that Drew was able to actually paddle out and these waves were way out there. He he was able to paddle out and catch waves for the first time since he woke up. So this guy has chased waves everywhere in the world. You name the ocean, he's surfed it all um, for 30 something years. And so when I have turnarounds like that in people's health, and it's not me doing something, I'm not a healer. Nobody actually is. If nobody's a healer except for you for yourself people give energy to help people then facilitate that healing for themselves but no doctor will say i healed someone they could say i made the conditions right for healing for that person but they can't heal your broken bone they could put a pin in there and make sure that it's going to knit but it comes down to the healing process it's you right Mm -hmm. but the thing is is we are our own medicine we are our own best physicians we have this amazing infinite unlimited power inside of us but i'll quote the uh, founder of the monroe institute bob Monroe, that mankind's greatest limitation is believing that he is in any way limited Mm. and that's good lip service right but we understand you fall down you get hurt there's gravity or you get a virus and you're coughing and it sucks or you get something in your eye and you say ow but at the same time we have this these other abilities and other senses like seeing without our eyes or remote viewing or astral projection or healing helping to send healing energy to people in the quantum realm really at a distance which is now being verified over and over by numerous institutions or perceiving people's thoughts or emotions as some people think you know go into the empathic realm which they need actually shielding, which is my free masterclass for anybody who's empathic out there. You need this thing. Scan the code. It's free. Um, And it helps people (laughs) a lot, especially if they're bombarded by a lot of people's energy. But, you know, as, as we look at this, how does this really, why would anybody want this? I mean, people can do what we've been doing for a long time. You get an education, you get married, you have kids, have a job, you raise your kids. So you're procreating, you're doing biologically we're supposed to do. Maybe you're in a part of, in, as part of a religion and you have a belief structure that you're going to go somewhere after your physical body stops working, and that's fine. And then your physical body stops working, and then what? Did you actually leave better than you came in? I don't know. That's totally subjective. But one thing that I really love is the people that come to me, people who are seekers, who really want to have a formula where they can expand their awareness. They can really start to tap into more of what we can do as humans being, and they don't want to take 30 years in a monastery and give up their whole life going to some far, far away land and missing out on the rest of the experience that they get to have on the planet. Well, that's one thing about the White Dove Method. It is a straight up fast track, like a bullet train for people who want to do this. It's not easy, not at all. It's definitely the hardest thing most people will ever do. But it's one thing that you always will feel better after you do. And there's also something to be said 
where people like now so many people are buying ice baths where they have jump in cold water every single day. The health benefits are there, right? So it sucks every time. Nobody likes it, but people do it every single day. I know people that do it several times a day. So there are a lot of people out there willing to do what it takes in order to have progress and have a longer health span. Mm -hmm. And those are my people, the people that are willing to put their boots on the ground and we're going to go. And I have that discipline because I want to live a longer life and a better life. So there's a lot to be said for extra sensory perception, which I don't necessarily even agree that that's a real term. It's a term, sure, but I don't agree that it's real. I think what it is, it's an awakening of the connection that is always there within us to the all that there is and simply becoming aware of that and then being able to quantify in our mind what this means because the signal's always there, like a radio signal. It's always there. You just need the right tuner to tune into it. And we happen to have and be the most amazing tuners that we know of. But so many people, they just have their station stuck on white noise. And my job is to help them turn and in, tune into rock and roll or rap or, I don't know, classical, whatever they want to listen to. And so that's one cool thing about the white dove method. It's a method. It's not a, you can only do, no. Like, what can you do? I don't know. Do something new. Show me something I've never seen before. I want to be wowed by you. And I, whoa, you just increased my paradigm. I love that when people are like, hey, did you know you can do this? I'm like, never really thought of it before. That's pretty freaking awesome. Thank you for sharing. Let's do that. When it comes down to it, really, we're here to learn. And we're the teachers for ourselves. Other people can teach us, sure. But we didn't come down here to have anybody else tell us what our destiny is or what our existence really is. Because like Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is within the hearts of all men, right? All the avatars said the same thing. It's all within us. All we have to do is look inside. And so I I love helping people do that. You know, I I, I love that you... Actually, I, I think me and Mark, we talked about this for last 30 episodes <laughs> mm-hmm. you are like came came in and made the summary of mm-hmm. everything you know by yourself with as without asking you so you gave actually the beautiful be- beautiful summary and i think it's it's really important for everyone to understand and i i like this um people are tend to wait for somebody to come and and save them you know they think that they will open the door right and and there will be the savior of of them and when they really open the door they see themselves right there and they're like oh it's always been me i have to save myself right and and this is what i perceived from your uh giving to to listeners and i i think it's it's very important for everyone really to understand this that the the real savior is you and it, you are chosen by you to be yes. here and become best version of yourself really to open up to all those frequencies to those states of uh, really to learn how to listen by heart like with with the love you know so it's beautiful you know i i love everything you said about <laughs> your your white dove method you know like <laughs> i feel like i always yeah. knew it's good you know it's like it's amazing that there are more and more people who really wants to provide this key to that essence of 
living being in, in, in a human body, right? Because obviously when we, as you said, when we are gone from, from here, we actually remember everything of, of this, you know, we, we actually know this, but it's beautiful to, it's, I think it's very beautiful when you can remember this while living on planet earth in this three dimensional reality and to have this blissful, full of loving sense of experience and really live fully life. It is what you are talking about. Yes. I you know, and agreed. You know, I, it's interesting. I'll actually have the viewers and listeners out there. If you're driving, please don't do this. There's an interesting book that I just have finished reading probably about eight times in a row by an author named Brian Ridgway. So if you've never heard of Brian Ridgway, I highly recommend it. It's called Your New Beginning. And this guy has worked with hundreds of thousands of people over the past uh, decade plus in how to immediately and permanently remove limitations and blocks and traumas and diseases. Interesting. <clears throat> but he, he takes you through an exercise in there, and I'm going to, I don't know that he owns this, so I don't think so, but I'll actually have you guys do it as well. And that all you have to do is just close your eyes. Once again, if you're out there, you're driving, don't close your eyes, please. Unless you're driving a Tesla, in which case, may, still don't close your eyes. <laughs> so what I'm going to have you do is just become aware as you breathe in through your nose, be aware of the air going in through your nose. And I want you to pay attention to your feet. What do they feel on the ground? Maybe you feel your butt on the cushion. Maybe you've got some tension in your shoulders and you just decide to relax and let them go. And as you do this, notice any sounds that you're hearing. You can probably see some light on the back of your eyelids. Even, even with your eyes closed, you can still perceive some light usually. Now, I think everybody will agree you're having experience right now. You're experiencing something. You're hearing, you're feeling, you're intuiting, you're perceiving, all kinds of different things. So I'm going to count backwards from four to zero. And when I get to zero, I want you to stop having experience. Okay. So four, three, two, one, zero. Good. Stop. Stop having any experience right now. Stop. Just stop hearing what you're hearing. Stop feeling what you're feeling. Stop breathing. Stop. Stop. Just stop experiencing. Come on. Are you not trying hard enough? Come on. You can do this. Right? You can't do it, right? No matter what, and you can go ahead and open your eyes. It's not a meditation. It's just an awareness exercise that no matter what you do, you are going to be having experience. So what do you prefer? What do you want to have your experience be? How grand do you want it to be? Or how contracted do you want it to be? No matter what, it is always our choice. 100% of the time, like Buddha said, pain is a part of life, but suffering is optional. It is true. No matter what, it's always still an option. And granted, there are murders and rapes and people that get burned and there's all kinds of heartache and things. Yes, those are not our preferred state for sure. But how we approach those with our mind, with our consciousness and understanding how is this for me? If you don't know, like, how could this be for me? What else the lesson here? That's if anybody out there just takes this away from this podcast right here, right now. That the more aware you are, that you are having experience, the more you're going to be able to then change your perception of the experience and then change the experience itself. 
because flat out we live in the matrix. We know through physics, none of this is actually real. We don't even know what atoms are. You look at atoms, you think it's protons, neutrons, electrons. Nope, you go deeper and you find out it's just subatomic particles that are blinking in and out of existence. They're light. And even Einstein said that matter is simply light that has been slowed down. So you're perceiving, we're always perceiving. What do you want to do? What is your preference for your perception? I think that that rings rings true for a lot of people when they go, you know what? I can't stop experiencing. So, you know, I, I may not be able to control what that person over there did in the parking lot when they gave me a fender bender, but I can definitely, pers- I can change my perception of how I'm going to interact with that person. Maybe that person has a message for me. Maybe they're related to me. Maybe there's someone else, somebody that I know. Maybe they have the better insurance agent that I really need because mine isn't treating me very fair. I don't know. I just work here. But to ask, how is this for me? Asking those questions. Our mind does this interesting thing. If you tell it what is, it will either A, say and accept it and say, yep, you're right. That's what it is. Or it will rebel and say, I don't think so. I have a difference of opinion based upon my ego. But if you ask a question, then mind goes, hmm, let's find an answer. <laughs> I want to find an answer. What, what does this do? So that opens us up to much larger possibilities by asking the right question good business mentor friend of mine, very successful, but also very spiritual, said, you know, having the right answer is smart, but having the right question, that's genius. And the thing is, it's not just about business. It's about our business on the planet, why we're here. So ask the right questions and you'd be amazed at what shows up. As long as you are having experience, can't stop. And you're also aware and paying attention. That's that's a trickier proposition for most people, but it's possible. So. I love it. You know, it reminds me that morning when I called Mark and said, listen, man, I know that <clears throat> events are going to happen. We want it or not. All we do, we just integrate our feelings, emotions into events. You know, it's, it's the same what you just said. You know, you can try to stop feeling, <laughs> you cannot, you know, you are going to perceive things and there will be experience any given millisecond, you know, and even people when they say, oh, you can sit on the couch and do nothing. Actually, you do a lot. Even in that moment, you do freaking a lot. And I love how you explain this in this test of awareness as well you know love it i i will I, i'll give mark you know i know mark has tons of questions <laughs> i don't know this there's there's a lot to be learned here i mean and i don't even know like when you think about the questions i mean i think it reminds me of the conversation that we had agris when we were talking about how exactly what nature said which is like it's every time there's a question like the answer starts brewing, you know? And so instead of focusing on the answer, we focus on the question, you know, and, and like the contemplation and making time and making space and allowing ourselves to just sit and wonder. Right. And, and then it gives birth. It's like creates a fertile playground for these answers to come up to the surface. And it's actually in the beginning, it's a little uncomfortable, but then you become familiarized with it. And then it's great fun, right? It's almost like its own form of entertainment. 
And we don't do that, you know? We we rely on Netflix and drama, like the bullshit that's going on around us to entertain us. But when you start sitting in one spot, you know, like under a tree somewhere or on your couch or in your bed, doesn't matter, but make it sound cool, you're sitting under a tree. <laughs> um, you know, and just start allowing yourself to ask those questions and just wonder things. It's amazing what bubbles up from that. It just, it can entertain you for the rest of your life. I'm curious how the breath work ties into all of that. Yeah, that's a very good question and very pertinent as well. You know, that's one thing about breath work that I think a lot of people really gain a lot of benefit from is when we focus on our breath, and I, I we don't have enough time, but it would take several weeks for me to go actually in, in really in depth with this, but breathing, we do it about 29,000 times a day, average. And it's the first thing we do when we enter the planet. And it's the last thing we do as we change our address, right? Our, our spirit address. So the thing is, though, it's the only autonomic nervous system that we all have easy and quick control of. Your digestion, not so much. Pancreatic fluid, insulin, not so much. As far as a conscious control of I'm thinking about it, I can I can hold off on bile production. No, some people are able to do that after many decades of body work and meditation. But Everybody can hold their breath. Just go into an elevator where somebody farted. Everybody <laughs> can hold their breath. <laughs> right? So the thing is, in Chinese energy work and philosophy, the chi, yang chi, the male, the white, the, the positive, I guess, chi comes from the air. That it's a solar phenomenon. That it sunlight coming through and the UV rays get stuck in the atmosphere and we inhale that into our body. So there are people that do breatharianism and they go for years and years. I know a couple of people that claim that they have didn't eat for three years at all. They only use their breath and I'm like, okay. Then somebody walked by with a banana split. They're like, okay, I'm done with that. I'm going, but I don't know if that's what it was, but still we gain so much energy from our breath. Just hold your breath for 25 minutes and see how much energy you have. Right? So we need to be able to do this, right? Why this is really relevant with breath work in general is presence. When you're breathing and you're breathing and you're focused on your breathing, it's one of the easiest things for us to actually truly focus on and not get squirreled and over off in the left field with ADHD of, oh, okay, I'm now distracted. When you're breathing, you're present. When you're breathing, you're present. So the, say, Wim Hof or the holotropic breath work or these ones where it's hyperventilation over and over and over and people feel like they're going to throw up and pass out and sometimes they do throw up. I've actually done that before. That was interesting. But these ones are great and they keep you in the present moment. They hyperoxygenate your body. But caveat here, in order for you to release oxygen from your blood cells, the hemoglobin in your red blood cells, you need a catalyst. And that catalyst is called carbon dioxide. Without it, it just stays stuck to the hemoglobin. And you're oxygen deficient, even though you have ample oxygen traveling in your bloodstream. It's like having a million dollars in a briefcase that you don't have a lock or you don't have the combination to the lock. You have, you're rich, sure. You can't use it though. So what the White Dove Method does that is unique in the world is we focus on strong breath locks and holds for very long extended periods of time to raise the CO2 level of the body while keeping the O2, the oxygen level, very high as well. And what happens is right off the bat, people notice their heart rate goes down after they're done with the exercise. Blood pressure goes down. Most people 
many people's A1C goes down, their blood sugar goes down. I've had diabetic students that they need to front load before they do these exercises because their blood sugar drops so low that it almost puts them into a diabetic coma level. So they have to front load with it because all they're doing is tensing their muscles and doing very specific breath postures, which are, um, I guess you'd call them whole body mudras. So we've got mudras with different hand positions of different frequency and different uh, uh, energy lines within the body, electrical lines in the body, kind of like reflexology, acupuncture. We're made up of a lot more than just what we see. And what happens is you combine this breath locks and holds with these body mudras and a focus of attention, and you have amazing physical results in very little time. Then when you look at, say, inner power building and being able to measure the energy in the body, you know, the old school way that we've always been doing it is breaking steel bars. <laughs> if you have enough energy, you do it and you can do it slowly and there's no injury. And it's like the metal just snaps when other people have been trying to put their weight on it and break it. Nope. And it was gone. Well, OK, so that's a kind of an eye opening experience. You're like something else is going on here. Not really able to quantify what that is because. It also has to do with focus of attention. But when we have equipment like the bio-well machine and other things that can measure the bioenergy or the biomagnetism of the body, and you can actually see on a graph, wow, it just went up here after they did that. And it's higher than humans are supposed to really have. That's weird. Okay. It helps a lot of ways for people that way. What was the original question? I think I, I got off topic. I went it's just about how the how we can tie in the breath work into the contemplation, the part about asking questions. Yes. Oh, absolutely. So first of all, we have different brainwave states. So we have, you know, everybody I think is hopefully, if not, go look it up. Brainwave states. You've got delta at the bottom, you have theta, alpha, beta, high beta, and above that you have gamma and then lambda, and you've got some other ones up there, but people don't usually get to those. So if you're in a high beta, meaning a stressed out fight or flight state where you are, your brain is just overclocking. It's like the processor in your computer is overclocking and you're just like the kids and soccer and a flat tire and taxes. And we live in that state. A lot of us in the Western world live in that state of high beta, stressed out fight or flight and mm-hmm. high cortisol production. So a lot of stress hormones. When we start to meditate and This is well known in the medical and scientific circles that as we start to meditate down into the alpha or the theta region, we start to produce more vasopressin, more oxytocin, less cortisol. We get into a rest and digest parasympathetic dominance state rather than a fight or flight sympathetic nervous system freakout state. So why that's really relevant to what you asked is that when we harness our breath in the right way, we can literally save our lives. And, you know, we're very well aware now that cortisol and the other hormones of stress can make us sick, give us cancer, literally kill us. But it makes sense that if our thoughts and our hormones can make us sick, couldn't they also make us well again? And Joe Dispenza is definitely leader in the forefront on this topic. I mean, I I have the entire book of his cover of his book tattooed on my arm. I love the guy and his work. And I've seen miracles happen with what he does. And I've been in the presence of those and helped with those. And so when we think about our breath and how that really relates to not just abilities, abilities, those, those are nice. They're parlor tricks. That's great. But I don't 
it doesn't make sense that we came down here just to do cool stuff and impress other people. And that's our life's mission. There's got to be a deeper thing for me anyway, of why we're actually here, which is the raising the expansion of our consciousness and the realization of ourselves as a creative force, as the creative force. You know, it's not overnight thing, <laughs> of course, mm-hmm. but when we think about this breath and what it does for us, people notice a difference in their life right away. And that's why breath work is the fastest growing naturopathic, like holistic treatment in the world. Right. Because everybody, it's like experience. Stop experience. Okay. Stop breath. Okay. You can, it's very limited. Once you get to about the three minute mark, you're going to start experiencing that breath again, or you're not (laughs) in which case. You can call your doctor or don't, because at that point you're dead. So don't call your doctor. Um, but, you know, we also have this ability to increase our breath. It's, mm-hmm. it's something that is like like a muscle. It's not a muscle, but a lot of people don't know that the world record for breath holding is over 26 minutes by a human, not a dolphin, a human. But they didn't start off that way. So that means that we can increase this. We can grow it. And with the findings that have been found about the breath capacity leading to as the number one indicator of longevity, car accidents, notwithstanding, or drug overdoses. But I mean, the number one thing that will help you live longer is your breath capacity. And yet we're not taught that in schools. We don't even most breath work out there. They don't touch it at all. And what they do doesn't actually increase your lung capacity. So finding something that will, I mean, that extra one day on the planet, how much is that worth? Mm-hmm. Priceless. So the breath work. You're going to be breathing anyway. You might as well be conscious of it and doing it in a way that benefits you. You're gonna, it's like experience. You're going to be doing it anyway. Mm-hmm. What do you prefer? What do you prefer? I prefer to live longer, have more energy, more stamina, more virility, more confidence. I prefer to have less illness. I prefer to also feel like I'm empowered and in control because I can control my breath. And that's one of the things that even if you don't feel like you're in control of anything in your life, that is one thing that you always should have control of and you will have control of. So even that small step into confidence and personal empowerment, that leads to bigger things. And I can tell you this, the white dove method is not easy. It is 100% worth it. Every breath master that has ever come to us said it is the next level in all breath work they have ever seen. Athletes, asthmatics. Children, senior citizens, doesn't matter. They have a body. It works. And that's the thing is it's really for people in breathwork in general. It's for people who really want to have more vitality in their life mm-hmm. and do it quickly. And so I get I get the opportunity. I chose to come here to bring something that helps other people in this way. And I get to be fulfilling my mission and helping people as well. They breathe better. They feel better. I did what I came here to do and everybody wins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I've I've had some personal experience with breath work myself. Obviously, not to the level of the white dove method, but my intro to it was out of desperation because I was suffering traumatic stress and I had anxiety, panic attacks, and social anxiety disorder. And so I learned a process called vivation. This is going back twenty years now, and helped me to get through panic attacks that I would have and moving vehicles, believe it or not. And and then I relied on that for a while and then was introduced to holotropic breath work. And the purpose of that was to release some like uh I guess traumas that were blocked, trapped in the body. And so that that helped a lot. And 
So I, I see the value in it. You know, I understand that you're right. It's something that we're born with. It's free, right? But the difference is, are you using it? You know, like we all have a tongue, right? But as a professional chef for 17 years, I can tell you there's a difference between a trained palate and someone who just eats McDonald's every day, right? So the more you uh, taste different, you know, textures and like all different types of food, right? The more you expand that palate, and then you're you're able after a while to pick up on subtle nuances and taste some flavors of food, and you can sort of uh, you can pick apart a recipe like someone could give you a dish, and you could tell the person exactly what's in that dish, right? But my point is, is that takes years of training, right, to get to that point. But we're all born with a tongue, right? And and so it really depends on where are you putting your energy, like where's where are you putting your focus. And and breath work for me, uh, I've learned that there's there's a lot there's a lot to it. It's not just oh yeah we're either breathing or we're not. Like it can be a tool that we could use that can enhance our body, that could enhance our life experience, and it also can help us to heal. I mean, probably would agree with that, but I know in my case it definitely was. I think what I heard you say when I asked the question was that that you're sort of using the breath as like a a vehicle to change the state and when you're in a more relaxed state then you're able to use more of what you you have available to you right so if you're in the fight or flight state you're very limited in what you can accomplish right and like how far the thinking can go and but if you're relaxed and the walls come down and you expand your awareness and your consciousness you have access to more information right like if Tiger is chasing you. You're not also at the same time contemplating the vastness of the universe, right? So if we're living in fight or flight every day of our life, that's basically what we're doing. We're running from a tiger that doesn't exist, right? So we have very limited um, access to this like huge, like vast awareness, like, you know, like all this information that's out there. So what you're saying is that you use breath as a tool to relax the body. I know this isn't all of what you do, but just like I'm trying to break it down as like an intro to people that have no idea what the heck we're talking about, but that we're using this as a tool to regulate the body, right? So that we can make space for or allow ourselves to like connect to this, to connect to more. So I think it's, I think it's incredible. And I, and one thing I did want to ask you, and, and maybe you don't know, and it, that's completely fine, but I've actually I've always had this question and I've never asked anybody. So being that you are a little bit of, well, you are an expert here. I noticed that when I look in the mirror, like when you're getting ready to go somewhere, whatever you're doing your hair or whatever, and you're getting ready, that I actually hold my breath. And really probably was from just doing breath work in general and meditating that I started like paying attention to this. And so I'm curious, like, what's the connection there? Like, is it the focus mm -hmm. to sell anything? You getting anything with that? Absolutely. So a couple different things. And Mark, that's a wonderful question. So I'm going to start off. There's something that's a, a legitimate thing called email apnea. Now we've all, I think, heard of sleep apnea where you can, I mean, cause heart attacks and heart disease and strokes and all kinds of bad shit that happens to you if you're not breathing while you're asleep, right? So CPAP machines, different contraptions go in your mouth to make sure that you keep breathing. Well, it's now real. It's a pandemic, like not a fake one, a real pandemic this time. 
of people who are holding their breath while they swipe, while they check their emails, and they're actually harming themselves while they're awake because they're not focused in the present here and now. They're not doing anything that's exerted, like exertion, that requires them to actually focus on breathing. They're just sitting there going through their Instagram, looking at cat videos mindlessly, and they're holding their breath. And so you can look this up. Anybody out there, look up email apnea. You'll see stuff from the National Institutes of Health, probably Johns Hopkins Mayo Clinic. I mean, it's it's a serious freaking thing. So you're not alone, Mark. I'm just putting that out there. You're not alone. But when we are preoccupied with either thinking of the past or we are looking at maybe coming up in the future and our energy and our consciousness is not focused in the here and now, a lot of the time we hold our breath. We're on pause. Oh, all right. So it's very, I'm not going to say normal, but I'm going to say it's extremely common. I think everybody does it. And so I ask all of my students and I ask everybody that I speak to on podcasts as well, that as many times a day as you remember to ask yourself over and over and over, Am I breathing? Ask yourself the question, am I breathing? Oh, wow, I wasn't. The fact that you're catching yourself when you're brushing your teeth or doing your hair, whatever, that's a wonderful self-awareness. And yes, I'm sure that breath work and meditation led you to that realization. The majority of the population does not have any clue that they're holding their breath and harming their health. Mm. So I always encourage people to do that. That's one thing also where the white dove method really shines is that when people do their breath work, say do this breath work in the morning and they've raised the CO2 levels and they're able to assimilate more oxygen out of their cells, then even if they're they're holding their breath, you're still getting better respiration for what oxygen is in your system than if you hadn't. I mean, if that makes sense, Mm. you just utilize that better. So with this, this free class that I have up here, the internet, I was not meant to be the meteorologist. I'm like, what side <laughs> am I on? People can scan that code. They can also go to whitedovemethod.com forward slash masterclass. And I've got a free class for everybody right there that is going to help you really focus on your breath and be aware of it, but also how to energetically shield yourself from the negative energies and tensions of other people. And that actually is the start of the expanded awareness is we start to feel what's around us through, I guess, maybe the the electromagnetoreceptors in our body. So we have all kinds of receptors, but we also have electromagnetoreceptors as well as pressure and pain and balance and proprioception and nociception, which is pain. We have a lot of different senses, but that's, I hope that answered your question. Mm -hmm. You're not alone. A lot of people do it. Your breath work probably helped and keep doing that and remind yourself, ask yourself, how am I breathing? Mm-hmm. So I got to do. And then you just get into the habit and soon you'll start doing it. And you'll have that unconscious competence where you just do it. You just remember to breathe rather than forgetting. Yeah. Well, it's no, it's no question, Agra, sorry to cut you off. It's no question, Nate, that you are very in al- very much in alignment with what you came here to do, you know, and you're passionate about it and you, you know a lot about it. You care a lot about it. And and I hope that you continue to spread this message because I think it's useful, it's valuable, and I think a lot of people can benefit from it for sure. And it's one of those things, I think, that once you learn it, you have it for the rest of your life, right? When you learn something, it either works or it doesn't work. But if it works, now you have a tool that works for the rest of your life, right? And And I know breath work, and I'm sure yours is no different. It's your breath isn't going anywhere. Like you said before, like as long as we're alive, 
we're here. So why not try to, you know, cultivate that and learn how to use it in a way where it can advance you. And I, and I know that limited on time and we're wrapping up here, but I have a feeling that there's a lot more that you could say about it could take things much deeper and hopefully we'll have you back at some time. And, um, and in the, in the time in between, you know, people can check you out and I know you have an upcoming, you have a bunch of things on your schedule. So I guess the best way to, to get in touch with you is to go on your website. Right. And, uh, and then you're tell us where you are on social in the world, of social media and things like that. Sure. So you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, a little bit of TikTok, not a whole bunch. Don't do Twitter, but the, whitedovemethod.com is my homepage. You'll be able to actually learn a lot more about the history of the art, where it came from, how it really came to be, why and how I was able to bring it to the United States. But then I have in-person events, one coming up in Sedona, Arizona, and one coming up here in Utah, Northern Utah. Those are in-person events where you get to learn from me directly. Mm -hmm. But I also have online programs that if people are not able to travel, or they're on a budget, go and check out my online programs. My LEAP program, the Life Force Energy Ascension Protocol, is it's changed hundreds of people's lives, thousands of people's lives, tens of thousands of people's lives, hundreds of thousands of people's lives, actually, Indonesia included. And then my masterclass. So it's a seven-part series where it's all focused on pain relief, pain-free mobility, energy shielding, proper respiration and lung capacity increase, as well as starting into actually being able to perceive outside of our body using senses beyond our five senses. And my LEAP program really does a lot more of that. So people can learn even in even if they're in Latvia, they can learn this and not have to come here to Utah to learn from me directly. And then I also offer very exclusive, high-level training, one-on-one with people who really want me for a week, and they want to have this arsenal of amazing energy and bodywork techniques that it's it's amazing how many people change their lives in minutes with this. It really is. So I have all kinds of stuff. You just reach on out and let me know. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I'd like to say thank you, Mark. Thank you, Agnes, very much for having me on the podcast. It's been a pleasure to be with you with you guys today or tonight for Agnes. <laughs> this is a night time for you. But um, if there's anything else that I can ever do for you, and I would love to be back on your podcast, there is much more that for me to unpack for your audience. Just let me know whatever I can do. I'm here to serve. Beautiful, beautiful night. It was amazing. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, lots of knowledge, wisdom. You know, I feel that you just, I call it, you just remember it. You know, it's like we came here actually not to learn, but remember. And I feel that you did it. You know, you you did remember who you are and why you came here. So amazing. And thank you so much for sharing your rememberings. <laughs> so until next time. Thank you. Thank you, gentlemen. Bye-bye. See everyone. Thank you for tuning into this as source. We hope that this conversation has sparked something within you and that you feel inspired to continue exploring your own journey of self-discovery. Remember, you are the source of your own transformation and the possibilities for growth and expansion are infinite. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and family. And don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until next time, keep shining your light and living your truth.